Good day. Welcome to SportsStats.ie. I'm Darren Kelly. It's time for SportsStats Camogie, a weekly magazine feature show looking ahead to the Glen Demplex All-Ireland Camogie Finals. And of course, joined by my partner in crime, the bad boys together, Killian Whelan. Hi, Killian. How you doing, Darren? <laughs> <laughs> but what was it called? Bad Boys Back, is it? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I think we need to record the Bad Boys tune <laughs> for the show. No, all joking aside, we are here to be positive because look, at the end of the day, as much as sometimes we're critical, sometimes we're accused of being critical, we like to think we're more positive than we are negative. But it's the weekend that we all crave for every single year: the All Ireland Camogie Finals. I think there's six finals taking place uh, this weekend, Killian. There's a few last week as well we'll touch on in a moment as well and of course at the end of the day we're both going to Crow Park on Sunday yeah both going to be there um, and you know obviously to, to, to bring reaction and uh, comment and everything like that about the All-Ireland final day next week here on the podcast but uh, yeah two of us are there obviously with uh, different different roles maybe to take on as well and uh, looking forward to all of that and being involved obviously in All-Ireland Final Day is something to behold uh, Darren um, you know this new date obviously be interested to see you know what, what the plan and what the layout obviously will be next year seeing as I hear you know there's even moves within the GA that they might be talking about moving back into August uh, and so forth so look it, it's um, look it's something to look forward to it's, uh, and what all all those uh, teams have worked so hard for over the winter uh, to be able to get here they're here now um, and you know looking at it Darren I believe forecasts looking out the window here at the moment it's not hectic here where I am but uh, it is you know promises to be good from from later on today to tomorrow and the weekend so you know it could be quite a white heat moment in, in, in Crow Park from about 12 o'clock on Sunday afternoon but looking forward to it yeah, it was definitely myself as well. And hopefully the weather does hold good. Of course, in Ireland, the weather is so unpredictable. Like <laughs> last weekend for the ladies' football finals, it wasn't great at the start, but it got better as the day went on. We are here today to talk about the Glen Templex All-Ireland Camogie Finals. Um, if you haven't gone to many Camogie matches at home, go to Crow Park on Sunday. Make sure you watch it on television. Keep an eye out for your local radio station staff uh, that are giving away free tickets. You know, every, every everything is going good ahead of it. But of course, here in Sports Desk, we don't just focusing the big match Cork and Kilkenny we will be looking at the intermediate final between Cork and Galway the Premier Junior final between Armagh and Antrim they are all on Sunday we'll preview them in a four part show here today but of course on Saturday Killian, you and me are going to be out and about all over the country as well because it's a massive day with uh, three more big finals taking place yeah yeah it's going to be um uh, as I said a busy weekend for for us. Uh, our, our partners are barely going to see us. I think uh, this coming Saturday and Sunday, darn the way things will be, you'll be just back in, laying down and back out again. But um, you know, look, it's 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 a scenario where um, look, you look forward to these kind of weekends. Don't get me wrong, and uh, like it's not an, it's not often uh, that you can mark down that you get to commentate on all Ireland finals. And you know, I've been lucky enough to do one in Mallow last week. Uh, you're getting an opportunity in Kinnegad. I'm heading for Indish Keen for the Nancy Murray. And uh, as I said, we get to be part of the big day as well in Crow Park. So not a bad weekend for us. Yeah, and I'm going to start with that there first because, of course, we have to run through them quickly enough because just we don't physically have the time. Like, we did get a few messages. How can we not preview and review the 16 finals? 
quite simply, we just don't have the time. And uh, it's a great complaint in one way, but I'd like to give more time to it. But who knows down the line what we'll do. Nancy Murray Cup, I've always said Killian from day one, this is the second most comp- important competition in the country because this is the developing counties. Like you did the commentary in Cabin against Tyrone in 2020. I did Mayo against Tyrone last year as well. Tyrone are back in the final up because a Wicklow team that they haven't been able to get over this year as well. And if you're a Tyrone fan, you fear losing three finals in a row because they want to make that next step up. But for Wicklow, it's a golden opportunity and great work being done in the Garden County. Yeah, and and I suppose you know Cavan in recent years have been a catalyst for these counties, and you know maybe maybe the the Armas and others that have uh, have gone before. But you know, like the the, the scenario is ultimately here that uh, it's a great opportunity. Again, you know, I think this competition needs to be looked at, Darren. It's just a you know when you think about it, it's effective. This competition has been run off in the month of July. Three teams involved. I think there could have been a little bit more done with it. I know there was a late kind of decision for a fourth county to pull out, and that probably you know put put a bit of pressure on the fixtures or something like that but I, I do think a home and away scenario could have been done here and more games could have been played here but look it is what it is now can't give out about it anymore but these two already met uh, in our club back uh, about a month ago or thereabouts in in uh, as I said in our club tight enough game Darren it was ultimately a goal that Wicklow got to decide it you know so I uh, would expect it to be a, a tight enough affair again up in Inishkeen uh, at one o'clock on Saturday afternoon and, and hoping for a tight affair because you know it obviously would endorse the competition that little bit and um, you know you, you, you look at Wicklow probably in a way Darren lived under nerve a little bit up in Darver the last day you know um, just just. we have to give loud credit for that too because I was fearing the worst sometimes you get results in these competitions they won't give you the result but actually credit loud as well they really really stepped up and well we don't want to go moral victories for loud that was massive Oh yeah, massive, massive performance uh, by them, you know, and uh, as he said, Wicklow just getting out by the point in the end after obviously Tyrone had a big win over Loud, so it, it, like it's hard to ultimately judge then where either these two teams are at you've only got to go on the match that they play themselves which Wicklow won by five points in, in our club, but you know different scenario in All-Ireland final Tyrone obviously have been there, you know, done that, uh, have got close down on occasion, but it just, it, it hasn't fallen for them. And, you know, maybe third time lucky, but you, you, we all know, and we know of the, the work that's been done in Wicklow and the under eight success. And obviously the division four title won this year and everything like that, that, you know, Wicklow Camogie is definitely on and up and I'm sure they'd love to make the step, but sure, that's no different to what Tyrone would like to do because obviously they feel that they're uh, achieving a certain amount of things within their, within the county as well. So look, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, Darren, you know, Tyrone by the fact that they beat Loud by a big score have a, have a better scoring difference than Wicklow uh, going into the, uh, the the final encounter but you know that means for little one at the end of the day Wicklow have secured two successes on, on, on the back of this and they probably do get my early nod here uh, with regards to the game purely on the basis of the fact that they've played already uh, and, and they were able to secure a win but you know I still would expect it to be tight yeah, I have to agree with you and that's just a feeling this year it's a Wicklow year and I got the same feeling from Mayo and Cabin the previous two years but it's a game we look forward to at 1 o'clock in Ishkeen on Saturday live in the Camogie Association YouTube channel in association with entry as Killian mentioned he'll be the match commentator Killian you know who'll be in the commentary box would you? Uh, not at the moment we're just in the in negotiation stage Darren let's uh, let's just say that but we're, we're hoping for uh, somebody that has obviously experienced uh, the, the competition in recent years so we'll, uh, we'll try and confirm all that in the next while 
Well, we look, we look forward to that as well. We will give it more time in next week's show, which is the last of the current series as well, when we review the All-Ireland to do our Super 6. But we have to move on. As Killian Mitchell too, and Kenny Gaddis, two finals taking place on Saturday. I'll be there. And I think Elaine Aylward will be with me. I'm not too sure if that's confirmed or not yet. The under-16D final, Cavan against Mayo. That throws in at one o'clock. And the under-16C final, Armagh against Roscommon, throwing in at three. Look, at the end of the day, for counties moving up the ladder, underage success helps build the popularity of the game. Uh, I know we don't know much about the teams so I'm not going to ask you for predictions of these Killian but you know for the four counties as well they, they look forward to the day out as they continue promoting the game and bringing it forward yeah, well, like, uh, again, Darren, you know, that's ultimately what, what it's about. You know, the, the encouragement of these counties uh, to keep at it. You know, it's, uh, it's our man, Ross Common, obviously, in Kinnegad, is, is is the sea encounter at three o'clock. You know, again, our man, the work that they're doing, they're trying to make the breakthrough of Premier Junior. They're hoping on Sunday that they'll eventually make that step to intermediate. They've, as he said, been knocking around there in the last number of years to be in an effort to be able to do that. So at underage, they keep trucking along at minor and, uh, and under 16, maybe at the at the sea level, but you know they're still um, keeping their underage teams coming, and that's a that's a huge importance, I think. And great credit to our man Ross Common that they, they they're keeping the plug away there, Darren. And you would hope, obviously, that they keep getting that um, uh, that support and, and so forth going forward. And that that's obviously the the, the C final, and then the D final, which of course you know two teams that um, as as we ultimately have seen, you know, there are two counties that are uh, continually on the up. You know, you have uh, a Cavan side um, that obviously would be hoping to backbone what's achieved at minor level and ultimately at senior level. And you have Mayo, everything seems to be going right in Mayo. You know, they're challenging obviously at uh, at under 16 and at minor grade there now in, in, in the last number of months, Darren. And that obviously bodes well for everything that's going on then with, uh, again, with their seniors and so forth, you know. So like it's, 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 um, it's, it's a scenario where, you know, like, it's great to see that the Camogie game is healthy in Mayo. Obviously, having seen what their senior have achieved, you know, that they then are able to, you know, um, advance on that. And I know maybe in the Premier Junior, they got, a, you know, a couple of chastening results, but they also were quite competitive in, in a number of their games. So from a Mayo point of view, obviously, you know, that's shown that they laying down, I suppose, a marker for these girls then to be able to achieve that they can play at, uh, you know, and achieve and win at this grade and maybe even step above that. That if, if if that's what it comes to, you know. So look, Kevin and Mayo, one o'clock. Just basing on Darren, you know, looking at results, I think Mayo had a fairly sizable result against Donny Gall. Um, Kevin, bit of a closer run against Tyrone, but you know, yeah, again, you would feel that they're the two counties that, uh, as I said, up up, uh, you know, in the in the in 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 this element of part of the country, north of the country, you want to call it that, but you know, northwest and so forth, like that, they are the two teams that are that are causing ruptures at adult level. So you would imagine then that that's filtering down uh, to um, under 16 and minor level. And uh, no doubt about it, that, you know, you'd expect to see two decent games, I, I, I would think, because our man, Ross Common, if you go back to the, uh, the other game, you know, they're again counties that have been always knocking around. Cavan and Mayo probably are, are, are you know, a Cavan resumption in recent years, Mayo uh, coming to the table. So, you know, our man Ross Common keeping doing what they're doing. Good to see that Cavan and Mayo are maintaining then where they've uh, set their standards already and uh, being able to achieve with their underage teams.
We look forward to it again in the Camogie Association YouTube channel on Saturday, 1 o'clock, Cavan against Mayo. That's the under-16D final. And at 3 o'clock, Armagh against Roscommon, the under-16C final. Both brought you in association with Entree. Kelly, just we're talking under-16, let's go back. You mentioned Mallow already. Now, when Galway put six goals past Cork in the opening round, I didn't believe this would happen. But now I'm going to put the question straight to you. Are we on for the Rebel Slam 2022? Yeah, it's it's quite possible, Darren. There's no no question about it. Um, and again, you know, very little maybe being said in a in a cork direction. Maybe they're quietly confident, you know. Um, and that's you know that, that that that's a dark place, you know, for everybody else when cork are in that kind of vein, you know, when they're um not not making too much about it, but they're quietly confident. I think you know, so they've you know already knocked off the minor title. Now they've knocked off that under sixteen title. Who's to know? I. I, I, I'd have my question marks over the intermediate uh, decider. I just think Galway, from what I've seen of them, it, it might hold enough there and they might be the ones to break the slam. The senior game, as we'll get around to Darren, uh, could be a hard one to call yet. Yeah, most certainly. We'll go through them in more detail. Uh, Cork beating Tipperary, you never rule a Cork team out in the final, but I wouldn't have imagined a massive margin between these two teams because Cork got their act together after losing the first day. There was many people quietly confident about Tipperary. I expected a much closer match than this, but was the result justified for Cork? Uh, it was Darren yeah ultimately like the game was turned on on the two goals just before uh, half time you'd have looked great credit to Tipperary they were the ones that came out and um, you know just took the game uh, to, to to Cork you know Cork were maybe just trying to as Elaine said on commentary maybe they were just trying to find a range or something like that but they were very much in a case of point of where they were struggling uh, to find a range and you know had knocked up a couple of wides in the first seven or eight minutes and every time Tipperary went down the field they were you know, they were doing the the, the the needful and putting the ball over the bar and they led by three points and no score uh, in the in the early stages. And, you know, like um, there was some, you know, good performances starting to click into gear for, for Tipperary at that stage. You know, um, Sarah Corcoran, serious camogie player. I think we'll see a lot more of her going forward. Paula Quirk also, she was just a busy bee all over the field for uh, uh, for Tipperary and uh, Quiva Stakelham as well. But she didn't lick it off the road, of course, the Stakelham family in Turles and, and, and with Tipperary obviously have a, a good name there but you know like they were really taking the game uh, to to uh, Cork and then all of a sudden Cork just started to find her groove and one lady that really took the game to Tipperary and it's amazing I think she was substituted after uh, about 38, 39 minutes Darren uh, but maybe uh, ultimately the game was done at that point because her sub uh, that came in uh, happened to hit three points but Kate Finnessy had a massive game for Cork um, she really changed the game she went like the, the score that she got to get Cork up and going on, this, on the board after 13 minutes was a uh, was a key key moment you know and uh, after that then Cork got into the groove and um Tipperary, you know, still went toe-to-toe with them. Cueva Stakelham really taking the game to them. Uh, Daniel Ryan on occasion. Uh, Lucy Purcell, Paula Quirk in the middle. But all of a sudden, Ava Fitzgerald just started to get on the ball in the middle. And she, along with Ava Daly, they started to direct the centre of the pitch realistically. And uh, all of a sudden, the supply of ball that uh, Daniel Butler was getting down the field to Tipperary started to dry up. They just weren't getting first touch on that. And uh, it went to five points apiece, Darren. And you were thinking, right, we're in a right game here now all of a sudden. But then... 
bit of a, I would say, a speculative um, ball in. Um, not sure it was a shot for a score because it was dropping uh, a little a little bit short, but Daniel Butler was was cut out that little bit. It went over her head, and as she went back, retraced her steps back to bat the ball back because it, just as Elaine said, it was too near the crossbar that she was going to go up with her hand, batted it back. She kind of, one of her feet slipped underneath her, and that allowed the uh, the substitute that was in, Sarah Murphy, she was an early substitute in office, was from a Cork point of view, but she got in and crashed the ball to the back of the net. And the next score then for Cork was a goal. Very similar uh, situation, speculative ball in. Uh, Butler again had to bat it away. It looked like it had been dealt with and under control. But the touch by Grania Finn Darn was, was phenomenal. She was able to control it on the hurl and then doubled on it back into the back of the net. And like they led it two six to five at half time. There was only going to be one winner Darn. Then, you know, they, they were just starting to then all of a sudden find their groove. Tipperary really were struggling. You know, they replaced three of their starting four forwards just couldn't get the uh, get get things kind of going at all and um you know credit to Tipperary obviously they never came up with the car crew they were a serious well-oiled machine you know they were um you know Donny Daly was uh, he spoke to me before the match and then he spoke to me at the end like you know he, he the confidence he drove to that team was that they were uh, the whole panel was that they were the first and second te- teams in Ireland you know that he uh, that he reckoned that the girls that were backing up this uh, starting 15 were as good as them so um you know look it's 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 a, a scenario where Cork are impressive Darren and uh, going forward if they're coming through and they're dominated on their age level there could be another uh, red and white domination of Camogie about to uh, emerge somehow. Yeah, they've got their um, underage structures sorted out down in Cork anyway, and it doesn't hold well for other counties going forward, but we'll, we'll see how that comes through. And Killian, while you were down in the commentary box in Mallow, you probably missed the biggest couple of hours of the Leash uh, sporting year uh, between Leashman and the Intermediate Ladies Football Championship in Crow Park. And of course, Leash under 16 and, uh, and all, um, all our success with him as well, which is encouraging for the future of the game in that county. Of course, yeah. And, and, and look, I'm sure... We've had a few falls out with Leash uh, Darren uh, on the podcast uh, this year, but look, you have to give credit where it's due. Um, goals obviously win matches, and, and and that was a big factor with uh, Leash and Drogheda. You know, um, had had a lead there, and Antrim was starting to threaten to eat into it, and it was only a two point lead for Leash at half time. But they got goals at the early door of uh, I think did they mount up to uh, two extra goals they got at the start of the second half effectively, and that kind of put the the, the you know the game ultimately to bed. Leash went on to win it. Um, but yeah, good. You know, I, I often find that Leash at underage level, things seem to be in, in, in good stead to put a lot of credibility and I will give them that. Um, you know, and I'm sure senior managements have gone in there thinking, you know, there's underage success here, something to build on. But something seems to happen from there on in there and that needs to be, you know, from we've called it out here on this podcast, needs to be looked at within Leash because the things that they're doing right at underage level well, then why aren't they transferring to adult level and at least now find themselves in Premier Junior Camogie next year, which I have to find Darren with the talent that's there. No disrespect to anyone in Premier Junior, but that's not where Leash Camogie needs to be. So look, you'd be hoping now with under 16 and, you know, minor uh, competing in all Ireland as well in recent years as well, Darren, that, you know, that might be a catalyst for something going forward. Yeah, we do hope so. At the end of the day, we want to see counties thriving as well. I like even mm. recall something out, and it's great to see the underage work being put in with Leash as well, and them reaping the rewards with that. Uh, I wonder, I'm going to come back to you in that point about Leash Premier Junior in a moment, but beforehand, uh, Susan Erner has stepped down as Offaly manager. Yeah, um, and I suppose, look, Darren, at the end of the day, it's not surprising. Uh, yeah. 
you know, a, a great time for Susan. Uh, you know, an all-star winning goalkeeper with Galway uh, was willing to quit herself well on, 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 the, on the field of play. Um, I really thought she steadied the ship uh, for awfully last year, you know, and, and it, when there was in a little bit of a flux and, you know, they maintained their status and, you know, got to a league quarter final and, uh, you know, didn't shame themselves down in Kilkenny that day either. And, uh, you know, I, I really thought she brought a, a level of honesty and seemed to bring a bit of discipline and everything like that to it. But um, this year, just I don't know whether um, the buy-in was probably there or whatever. I don't I don't know. I know, obviously, um, Susan's family situation changed as well during the year and all that kind of thing. So, you know, maybe maybe there was just too much going on in, in that sense. Uh, I don't know. Susan might come on here and tell us that that wasn't the case at all. But, um, you know, look. We, we, we wish her well. She was always decent enough to us on streaming commentaries and stuff like that. Always uh, willing to make herself available and and uh, and have the chat. Um, you know, I don't think we've seen the end of Susan Erner. I think in Camogie, I think uh, she she has shown a level of ability of management or whatever uh, coaching. Definitely that that uh, you know she'd be somebody that would be picked up, uh, whether within the Galway setup or, or or wherever it might be. But um, you know, it's just it's a pity, uh, Darren, that you know she she leaves awfully in a situation where you know that they that they were in a relegation playoff and subsequently lost it. But, uh, you know, I wish Susan the best. And, and, and as I said, I hope we haven't seen the, the, the end of her within the Camogie uh, management circles anyway. No, certainly not as well. And of course, with Offaly too, it probably deserves a conversation in itself because there was problems in Offaly before Susan came in and obviously it hasn't hap- happened for, and they were relegated or so we understand. Now we went this point here before on the show about seniors day with 12 and sources tell us that Offaly are inquiring uh, about staying up as Cork and Galway intermediates can't go up. I don't know what you think of this, Gillian. I would like to see 12 teams in the senior ranks. Then again, I can understand if second teams are dominating intermediates, well, that mightn't be good either. But um, uh, do Offaly have a chance here or is it a good move for Offaly even? I think it's worth, it's worth chance and Darren, I have to say, um, what, what might what that says to maybe one or two other counties or what, I don't know. Um, you know, look, Darren, at the end of the day, it goes back to having the relegation final played when you weren't aware of the situation. Like, you know, if, if you were looking at Derry and Crow Park, well, then, you know, you're probably right to play it. But when you Cork, when there was still Cork and Galway and they were probably the favourites to be in the final, uh, I probably wouldn't have rushed playing that relegation match until you saw what, what, what played out. Um, I think there has to be a proviso. We said this year a few weeks ago, there has to be a proviso that if a second team wins the intermediate championship, that maybe there shouldn't be relegation. Because I think if you go to 11 teams, Darren, it, it, to me, it just ruins the competition again you know you have to even it up um, get the 12 teams there because like you know we had a perfect year as far as I'm concerned this year two groups of six and you know you just championship this year, yeah absolutely it, yeah. absolutely and okay you know there, there's probably two of, of the big three you know and you know there's probably going to be a change in the rankings now depending on, on on the weekend or whatever Darren but you know like the scenario would be anyway that where, where the two counties that are in Crow Park were there were number two and number three in our rankings before uh, this year's championship Um, you know when, when they were the ones that were coming through or that there was going to be that opportunity you, you saw it then in the rest of the championship all right though that it, it, it was a good championship like there was some serious battles that when you went down to the last day anyone from second to sixth could have been either caught up in a quarter final or relegation and it was it was you know that, that that's exactly what you want going down to the last day so look I if I'm awfully 
it's worth the chance, Darren. You take every opportunity because you're knowing that maybe there would be a, an opening within the within the Komogi Association that they'd want to leave the competition with 12 teams. Um, if if I'm to be a stickler, unfortunately, awfully lost the relegation playoff, Darren, and they should be going down playing intermediate Komogi yeah. next year. That's the way I would look at it. My whole gripe comes back to the fact that there shouldn't have been a rush to play the relegation playoff. Well, I think even as you mentioned the proviso there, I think the one thing that would be nice to find out from the Komogi Association, they might have to go to Congress to sort this out, I'm not sure, but what's the target? Is the target of 12 teams in senior? Is it to be 10 teams in senior? What's the target? We can't just leave it floating around there with magic numbers and every time a, um, a second county wins the intermediate, we lose a team because that's not going to work any, any way too. So maybe if they come up with what's their target is to have 10 teams or 12 teams and then at least something can be put in place to try and make sure that that figure holds uh, every year. Yeah, or even Darren, if there's a situation then where a second team is going is going to uh, win it, that the the final team maybe there needs to be a relegation playoff. So you had what down and offly playing in the relegation playoff. So whoever loses that then is has to sit and wait to see who ultimately wins. So if you have a, a first team, so let's say Cork were playing Derry at the weekend, but Cork mm-hmm. went on and won. Um, well then you might need to have relegation. But let's, you know, like, or you would have relegation, but like you, you have a playoff there or something like that between, let's say, Offaly and Derry or, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it just have a, a look at it. Because I, I do think if you have a team like Derry that may, maybe at Midcrow Park this weekend, um, would they be strong enough to play a senior? Well, well worth their chance, like, you know, because they, 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 they showed in the semi-final that, you know, it was a game there that was there for their taking. They just weren't, as I said, they ultimately didn't take their chances on the day. So, you know, look, I, I think there should be a, something to look at it. But as you said, what's the... What's the final plan? Is it to have yeah, what's two the teams target to fight? Is it ten yeah. or twelve? And you know, I don't, I don't mind either myself. Well, let's but, make but, a plan, and at least then we start moving towards that direction. Yeah, but like we, we can't have a situation where let's say it's Cork and Galway again next year, and let's say we let Offaly go down to intermediate. What, what do we do then? Do we drop mm. down another team? You know, like that's that's kind of the situation. Well, that's, that's why there has to be a magic number, and I mean, actually, number has to be an even number. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, is are the Komogi? What's their ideal number? Is it ten in senior, twelve in senior? You can come back the other grades afterwards, but we need to work out. So, if it's twelve, then we need to get some way of putting two teams up or or cut out relegation. Or if it's ten, well, then we need to look away of getting it down to ten, like you know. But to have a six and a five next year, it just it looks messy. Yeah. No, no, no question. It it, it does. And um, I don't know what it is, Darren. You know, you, you put in a group of five there and, and the six in the other. It just, to me, it, I said, never mind how it looks, but it, it, to me, it just, uh, it, it unbalances the competition overall mm-hmm. because then you have to try and work out, um, you know, the, the, the second group team, does they play as somebody or the third team or whatever? Like, and it just, it's so easy when you've just got, the first two top teams are into the semi-final and the, and a second and third play in the quarterfinals. Um, to me, then if you're if you're unbalancing it, it just gets as you said, it gets rightly messy. Yeah, maybe the Kabuki Association will look at that going down the line. But look, as you said too, no harm awfully asking the question as well. Yeah, and we'll see how it pans out. We could spend a lot more talking about this, but we better move on because there's so much to get through in the show. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll do them in chronological order. We will start with Saturday or Sunday, sorry, 12 o'clock, the Glen Deplex, All-Ireland Premier Junior Kamogi Final, Arma against Antrim. I like listening sports stars because I like to listen to... Ladies football and ladies camogie. 
So welcome back here to Sports Stats Camogie. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Killian Whelan. And we're previewing now for the next 10 to 12 minutes the Premier Junior Final on Sunday, Armagh against Antrim. Killian, just before we do that, I just want to give our um, thoughts and prayers and our condolences to um, the Carville and Curry family in Armagh on the passing of Una Carville uh, during the week. And also in Antrim, that's in Armagh side, no, it's Antrim, Lily Spence, um, former president of the Camogie Association when All Ireland with Antrim in 1947 refereed for All Ireland finals. So, um, and, and as well, Killian, two uh, big people of our man Antrim has passed away. Yeah, and I, I would imagine, sure, they will be, you know, rightly remembered in Crow Park uh, this coming uh, weekend with both Antrim and Armagh going head to head in the Premier Junior. But uh, yeah, our sympathies to all those uh, families uh, involved in the sad occasion, you imagine, and, and of course, you know, um, a couple of powerful figures there as well within the Camogie Association. Yes, Shiva and the Moose, may they rest in peace. There's one thing, Killian, and myself and Elaine were up in Dunloy uh, for the stream during the year for the Antrim Galway match, but the, the first game of the double header was these two teams going up against each other. And when Armagh got one of the sweetest goals I've seen all year from Kira Donnelly, I hope the game was done, but Antrim kept flying back into it. Armagh will go into this game as raging hot favourites, but I don't think this game is done and dusted. No, um, and the, the one reason, Darren, that I just have a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it a worry, but that I would feel that this game isn't, you know, in any way done and dusted is the is the semi final performance. You know, like it, it, it took. I I just wasn't impressed with Armagh ultimately in in that game, and I I, I think it was maybe a little bit more of Cavan's inaccuracy and maybe you know maybe not taking one or two opportunity. Well, they really um, only hurled for the last 15 minutes yeah. when you consider it. Like. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, like that, that was, uh, that was all sorted out by, by one lady in particular. And, you know, she's not, I hope she doesn't mind me saying, but she, she's not too far away from her, uh, 39th birthday, I think it is now at, at this stage. But like, like Jenny Curry rolled back the years in 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 uh, Bournemouth or Connor Park. I think, um, you know, showed I think an awful lot of her experience, Darren, and uh, you know, ultimately got got them over the line because you said that they hadn't hurled, and that would be my only worry. Now maybe, maybe. It was the performance that our man needed to get out of the system and, uh, you know, clear the deck and they'll be all fit and raring to go then with regards to Crow Park this coming weekend. However, if it's shown a little bit of a downward spiral, well, the way Antrim are going at the moment, Darren, you know, you could be looking at one going up the mountain, the other coming down the mountain, you know. Um, and and uh, I, as I said, I, I couldn't... Um, I couldn't be definite in calling this game because it does depend on on the Armagh team. I think that turns up because Antrim, I have no feel uh, fear about saying it that they are you know a team that are really um, have have you you could say Darren in lots of ways timed this run very very well um, and you know I've already gone toe to toe with Armagh uh, in as you said up that day in in, in Dunloy and probably you probably saw enough that day to kind of say oh hold on here this isn't a, a foregone co- conclusion like you know it was only a two point victory for. Armagh in the end. They're definitely the, the one team that gave Armagh a little bit to think about. You know, I think Armagh might have been a little bit guilty of writing off Cavan that little bit and feeling that they might have, you know, have enough in the tank. And that's probably what it turned out a little bit to be. I don't think they can go to Crow Park thinking, yeah, we're going to beat this Antrim team. Um, if that came in Dunloy and anything has shown since, Antrim, um, as we said, are quite prepared to back up their uh, intermediate and uh, winning team of last year. And they're now their, their senior counterparts. And, uh, you know, it bodes well, obviously, for, for Camogie within the Glens. But this game is far from a foregone conclusion. 
No, and it certainly is not as well. Let's just take the Armagh side of teams first. Of course, you mentioned Jennifer Curry, like, you know, eight years on from her last All-Ireland, had retired already, teaching in Monaghan, living in Middletown, uh, back playing Camogie as well, decided to come into the inter-county setup. Like, I was asking about a Rebel Slam with a while ago. Are we on for a, a triple crown in Crow Park here? Because I have a feeling that Cork supporters going to Crow Park on uh, Sunday are not just going to wait for the intermediate match. No, that's well, you'd be hoping that obviously uh, some of her old counterparts, uh, I see a lovely article on the Camogie website uh, with herself and Dara Krahura's being... The Yummy Mummies, what's uh, yeah, that Yeah, the Yummy Mummies, can you imagine, the Yummy Mummies, I, there's some crack in that group, I'd imagine, Darren, I'm, I'm not sure, I'd, I'd, I'd want to see what might be in it, uh, but, you know, like uh, a right banter and crack, I'd imagine, but yeah, the Yummy Mummies WhatsApp group, um, you know, Breach Cork, Riorla Cotter, Emer Sullivan, Joanna Callan, uh, Sheila Burns, Rena Buckley, just the name of the got a picture of her, the football. Oh, the lo- lo- lovely picture, of course. But, uh, you know, like it, it, I'd say now there was a bit of banter in that. And you know, you'd imagine they'll be traveling up to support uh, the, the, their old friend, you know. So, like Jennifer O'Leary, uh, at the end of the day, Darren, like she, you know, she's, she's one of the great. There's no question about it. You know, eight All Stars, four All Ireland titles. Like, um, she'll be in the annals. Uh, this would be a huge story if she was to pull this off as well. Um, you know, there's not there's not too many would be, be able to count to winning All Irelands at, at, at various grades within the Camogie Championship. So, you know, unless, unless somebody has done it running from Premier Junior all the way to Senior, but um, it, it, it's it's um, it's a big story, Darren. If it was to come through, uh, especially and not. Again, not bringing her age into it, but even at her at her age, it would be huge. Um, and and uh, you know that's maybe something that Armagh could work off a little bit. But you got to understand, Antrim have played these already. Um, you know, I'm sure they have a plan for uh, Jenny Curry. You know, I'm sure they have a plan as well for the Donnellys. And I really thought Cavan had a good job done on the Donnellys, uh, Darren in Tullamore. Um, you know, they they didn't seem to exert the influence that they would have had. And we would have talked about this Armagh team that you know. A lot, a lot tends to come from from what the Donnellys tend to do but you know again the last day we got to see a couple of young players on that Armagh team that stepped up and showed a bit of guidance and obviously a bit of experience that got them there too Yeah and like when you mentioned the Donnellys there first too like look a couple of years ago Armagh won in All-Ireland with no second team so Ron was inspired by both Donnellys who shared 17 points between them in the All-Ireland final and the fear with Armagh of last year was that they depended too much especially in Kira after Leanne going out but now like we talk about Jenny uh, Curry coming into the setup, the work rate the last day from Armagh impressed me even if the scoring wasn't there at the start and Sinead Quinn was a great choice for player of the match I hadn't realised at the time that was her first actually start for our mass, so getting player of the match on your debut. Michelle McCardle played a leader's role in midfield. You have a strong spine, Nicola Woods and Emer Hayes. Kiri Devlin brings experience and goal as well. There's other names I'm leaving out. I look at this Armagh team like the meet footballers last week. They could be just the big performance could be about to spark at 12 o'clock. We certainly know they have it in them. Oh, yeah. Like that's the other thing, Darren. I said, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, but if Armagh bring the performance that we know that they, they potentially have. You know, like they've been at this stage before where trying then to get to the the, the, the next level, you know, that's that's going to be the the, the big thing. And um I forgot to mention as well, Kevin, they have also Jim McKernan as manager. And of course, he was involved in Antrim winning the Intermediate All-Ireland last year. Yeah, which are, they still wonder in Antrum why he probably left in lots of ways. But, uh, you know, there was a promise of a, a big story, I would imagine, in Armagh. Um, and I'm sure that it maybe is a driving factor for him. You know, again, I'm sure, you know, 
what worked so well for them last year, I think preparation-wise, you know, coming to Crow Park, all that kind of thing, you know, I'm sure Jim will have it all worked out, logistics and everything, all well planned so that there's, you know, no, nothing left, you know, to chance here, Darren. Um, but I can't see this being an, a blowout in, in some ways. So, although, you know, again, is you you credited me Mead and Kerry? Did we think it ultimately would be a huge dominant performance by Mead, which I think it ultimately turned out to be? It might, it, it might all have been reflected on the scoreboard, but I think um, you know Mead Mead did dominate so much in 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 uh, all sectors. But you know we could have that Armagh performance, um, and and that's the thing. If you were to be from an Antrim point of view, that you might be worried about that Armagh probably haven't hit the heights this year. And maybe, you know, Sunday could be the time that they're going to do it. Yeah, as they got the few scores in that third quarter in the group match, but Antrim came thundering back against the, the gale force wind on the day too, and it looked like Armagh were going to run away. Uh, I've lost count of many times I've mentioned how surprised it was that Antrim fielded the second team this year, but it's worked out a treat. And after seeing them the last day, like they've stepped up and they've had to in tight matches this year, beating Cavan in the Ulster Championship. I think it was six points between these teams when they met in the Ulster final. They stepped up in that game against Sarmah in the group stage of the last losing effort. And the last day against Clare, sure, Clare will feel the left one behind them. You can make that argument to a certain degree, but Antrim stepped up when they had to, including Megan McGarry's um, long range. 45 I think it was in the start of the second period of extra time but even look at their players down the spine and it's a good strong team and this is the Antrim players that can't get into the senior team you have Anya Graham and goal Eilish Kearns Megan McGarry in the centre of defence Claire Carney and Emma Laverty left everything out in the field the last day I just I'd say they just couldn't go any further that's why they were substituted Breed McGill showing signs of what her sister Anya did last year Ellen Leach as well up front Derver Cosgrove was her scorer in chief as well got an important goal in that game as well like as you mentioned there regardless of what happens on Sunday the future of the game up in the Glens is in very very good hands and what we've seen with our mad down Derry it looks like Ulster Camogie is on a re- and Kevin Ulster Camogie is on a bit of a revival yeah but Darren it goes back to what I've said previous you know if you have the structures in place correctly administration level I think it all falls into play then on the playing fields and there's no question about it that the I think the breakthrough by down a few years ago has really been a catalyst for one or two others to get their house in order. You know, Derry have been at that level, but they quickly fell back from from senior, but they, and they seem to have got their house in order and coming back, uh, obviously challenging, you know. So you have currently the scenario where you have Down and Antrim now playing senior. You have Derry could have been, you know, in a situation where they're challenging for it, but I, I'm hoping they keep together and they won't be, I think, they, they could be people's favourites for the uh, the intermediate title uh, next year in lots of ways, you know, if, they, if they're able to main, maintain it. They could be joined in there by either uh, Antrim or Armagh. Uh, and as you said, Kevin, you know, play, playing their part as well, a Premier Junior. Ulster Mogi is in a great place. And as I said, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, administratively, they're in good places. They're putting their structures in place. And um, I, w- I would have been surprised, yeah, uh, like you, that Antrim put in a second team. On the ba- purely on the basis, Darren, that I felt maybe lads, your focus should be just get the first team up, get them holding on at senior. For, and for the first year. For the first year and see. But they obviously have such an interest, Darren. And like when you have someone like Emma Laverty and there's such a nice article as well with Dara on, on the Komogi website today, if you want to have a check of that, you know, she, I'm sure must have felt last year, she had to step away, but she must have felt a bit of a tinge of, of, of regret in some ways when she saw what, what her mates would have achieved last year on the field of play. But she's come roaring back into this year's championship and has pulled that Antrim team along. And Darren, let's, you know, 
call a spade a spade here. This this Antrim team could be our favourites going in here as well. There's no doubt about it. Like their performances, they beat what they have had in front of them, and they were, you know, could have could have pulled off something in Dunloy that day within a couple of points. And they go toe-to-toe with Cav- uh, with Clare. A lot of people's probably favourite for the Premier Junior, probably at the start, it could have been them or Armagh, I suppose, for some people. But Antrim, they just didn't go away. Clare couldn't get shot at them, you know. And and then when they started to control the game, uh, Antrim did, you know, they were a hard one to reel back in. So that's why I just feel if it gets into a bit of an arm wrestle here, Armagh might find it difficult to get loose to them because they just as a, a certain level of doggedness. And I would imagine, Darren, because of Jim's connection and everything like that from last year, Antrim would only love to pull one over his eyes, you know, a little bit here. Yeah, there's so many subplots as well. And like, <laughs> uh, being a final too, it's a game that, you know, there's such a character to win, not just because being a final for Armagh, like they have to start making progress to intermediate, you would feel for Antrim. Like this team can be promoted if they win because Antrim are in senior and safe there. So for Antrim to have two teams in the top two tiers would be massive as well. Like there's so many matchups you could look at. Emer Hayes against Breed McGill, who will end up marking Kira Donnelly, Jennifer Curry, will she go on the inside, come out to the wing and all that. And there's Derver Cosgrove will be watched as well. But Killian, I won't go through all those now. Quite simply, who's going to win this match? My only inkling that I think it's going to be tight. I'm going with Armagh purely on the basis, Darren, I think of the little bit of hurt of last year. Um, you know, again, a game maybe that they, they didn't show up in, that maybe this year there hasn't been the razzmatazz of the previous games, that they've just gone about their workman-like kind of performances. And maybe on the day, it's just going to happen for them in Crow Park. That they, It's all built towards being right in Crow Park. And, you know, as I said, from Jim McKernan's experience and so forth, like that, that, that might be a factor. That would be the only thing that at the end of the day, they went up to Dunloy and they beat Antrim. But I don't think they can afford to leave Antrim at arm's length down in this game because I think Antrim will bite the fingers and the elbow and everything off them in an effort to be able to get to get in front there. I think if Armagh let Antrim get out a lead, I think they could find it very, very hard to reel that back in. I, I just, as I said, I think that Antrim team have a certain level of doggedness about them and you have players there with, um, how would I put it, first team experience. Uh, I think, you know, that, that, would be, that would be hard too. The only thing, as I said, Crow Park being there before might might just be a factor for this Armagh team. And I'm just giving them a cautious nod, Darren, to get over the line. I think for them, I, I, I'm hoping the weight of, of expectation doesn't harbour on them too much. But I do think for the good of Armagh Mogi going forward, I think this team need to get the intermediate. I just think they've been down Premier Junior now long enough. Um, if, if, if they don't get out this year, you just wonder, are they keep being dragged in? Is it a bit like quicksand for them that they're just never going to extricate themselves for it? And, you know, are we have a situation then that the Donnellys will never get to see them play at a, at a grade further up, which I think you'd, lo- you'd love to see them express themselves and others, obviously. But um, I'm just giving Armagh, but it's a cautious nod, Darren. Yeah, I think we both went for our math at the start of the campaign, but we probably didn't have Antrim anywhere near the show. But I would be agree with you, Killian. Our math cautious nod as well. But uh, a game I'm certainly looking forward to as well. 12 o'clock in Crow Park on Sunday. And myself and Killian will be talking to you all about that on next week's show. We're going to take our second break. It's a four-parter today. When we come back, we are moving to the Glendemplex All Ireland Intermediate Kabuki final. Galway against Cork. That's coming up in a moment. I like listening to sports stars because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him.
Darren Kelly. So welcome back here to Sports Stars Camogie. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Killian Whelan, and we are looking now towards the second game of the triple header in Crow Park on Sunday, Cork against Galway. Um, Killian, we talked about Rebel Stams and everything already in the show as well. Um, uh, Derry would have been probably the one county outside of these two that probably were considered contenders, and they nearly got the job done in the semi-final. If anything, injuries and probably the gamble of playing even the Castley, uh caught up with Derry the last day too. But Cork should be bottle to get the job done when they're under serious pressure in the closing stages. Yeah, and and one lady in particular, you know, with the experience that she has, you know, Joanne Casey, you know, made that match essentially hers in in the closing stages. Darren, you know, like um, she. What did she convert? I'm just looking back at my own notes here. Eight now, points, you know, yeah, and like uh, five of them came in the last, you know, 14 minutes of the game. You know, like she she rattled over some fantastic scores when when they needed to keep in touch. Uh, when I when I would say darn that maybe one or two heads were starting to drop around her. You know, she she really did bring that game. And I have to give great credit too. And I'm thinking Caitlin Hickey might have put her hand up. I think for a start, uh, you know, this coming Sunday because she was phenomenal off the bench. The runs that she made at the Derry defence, you know, she she won a couple of frees that Joanne Casey put over and she also notched over a couple of points herself. You know, they were big game changers as well, Darren. When the game was essentially going away from, you know, when when um, Aoife Shaw caught that ball and pivoted and kicked the ball to the back of the net, you were thinking, oh, OK, this has now really rattled the cage here. Derry are gone, uh, you know, a goal to the good. And even though Cork came down and got then a point or two, you know, Derry rattled back again and and, and had opened that lead. But then it was Joanne Casey that that, that, that took over. But, um, you know, Derry will feel aggrieved. And and, and as I said, I, I hope I, I, I that crew will stay together because I do think there's great potential uh, within it. But again, yeah, that Cork unit, seriously, You'd have to credit their half back line, Darren. They they were the one line that was um that that Derry were struggling to get beyond. You know, I thought Rachel Harty played a very strong game middle of the field, and uh, you know, obviously Lauren Homan chipping in on occasion, Clino Callahan as well, uh, Caitlin off the bench, uh, Joanne Casey. But the one maybe maybe uh, area where I think Galway could exploit could be the Cork full back line. I, I just thought Derry, when they got in there in the situation in a couple of one-on-ones, they did cause that full back line a, a little bit of hassle. So, you know, going forward, that might be, uh, I, I think that Cahill Murray and Molly and others are going to try and exploit. But, uh, you know, the two Trevors, they're, they're, they're fairly clever individuals and buckles themselves. They, they made the changes when they need to, made a couple of position switches that ultimately probably won them uh, the semi-final and got them over the line by a point. But, um Things for Cork still to work on, but uh, again, they won't be too far away either, Darren. Yeah, we're going to go in a moment. Puckouts as well seem to struggle at times too, which goes in, in that game. But even as you mentioned, when they adapted, they got the job done. And like good, solid names, you've mentioned an awful lot of them there already. But certainly, uh, based on what we've seen this Galway team, Cork do not want to be putting themselves in a position of playing catch-up because they could find out a race they might be able to win. Yeah, and that's... That's my only thing, Darren. Uh, you know, this is the game, the one game I think I'm the most confident maybe in calling a winner because I, I just think that if Cork allow any little bit of a rope off to Galway, Galway could be out the gap, uh, you know, and already down the motorway with the, with the trophy in hand, uh, maybe even at half time. You know, I don't think Cork can afford to let this Galway team off on a little bit of a run because it will be hard to reel back in. Um, you have a Galway team littered with a, a large number of last year's minor team, a good, you know, good ball players, uh, 
well able to win their own ball, uh, tenacious enough group. And I know Colin Murray, I think he was talking to your colleagues here in Galway Bay, uh, mentioning about the fact that it's an unusual that there's been such a flip over in this Galway uh, team in, in recent years. I think there's only, did he say seven survivors? Seven, seven survivors. Yeah. So like that, that, that's a big, that is a big change. And that just goes to show you maybe some of the talent that's coming through with underage at Galway as well, that they're starting to make their, their presence felt. And maybe, you know, maybe Cahill is looking down the line here a little bit, uh, Darren, to be advancing these girls from intermediate to senior in the next 18 months to two years and uh, maybe seeing you know a bit of a change into the guard a little bit which I think is coming down the line for the Galway senior team but you know like it's a it's a scenario here which as I said I think if Cork allowed Galway to play and they don't go toe to toe with them uh, I think you're you're in a scenario where I'd say Galway could put up a score. Um, what impressed me with Derry was on the Cork puckout, the pressure that they put on Stephanie Besang to be able to get that ball out. Uh, Stephanie on occasion, Darren, was throwing her hands up in the air, looking, what what he's doing to me? You're not giving me any help out there. But Derry were just marking so, the spaces so tightly that, uh, you know, on occasion they overturned the full back line, the half back line uh, with, with, with with ball. And and uh, the problem for Derry was, Darren, if you remember from that game, I think we alluded to here last weekend, they hit, I think, something like seven or eight wides in the opening 12 to 14 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. um, they could have been further, further ahead than Cork. And probably, as I said, that game at half time, I, I think there were two points on Derry. They definitely should have been four points up at least. And uh, that could have been the winning of the game. So I think Galway, I saw Cahill Murray, Molly Dunn, they were, well up the stand, I'd say, keeping an eye on, on, on maybe the positional movement of that Derry line. Um, obviously thinking maybe if Derry come through here, but I think they were also keeping an eye on the pressure that Derry put on the Cork puck out. And that'd be something that Galway would be looking, I would imagine, to um, manipulate themselves in Crow Park. I know Bear appeared in Molly and Calls be looking at those things as well, because I saw them in the flesh uh, when they played Kerry before the Galway Kilkenny senior match here in Athenry a few weeks back as well. And just the speed, the youth, like I know all these names, Killian, being from Galway, and I remember seeing them when they were playing 112. Um, you look at Kitty Kilcrease there, she got 1-2 the last day, and she actually didn't go to the book father of the weekend, focusing on the match. Uh, Tegan Canning, of course, comes from that family, the niece of Joe as well. And in defence, you have two experienced heads, and young experienced heads, Kira Donahue, who was captain up until recently, and their current captain, Lisa Cassidy, who for me personally would count on the Galway senior team, will bring that leadership for this side. Yeah, no question. And then, you know, you look back at Fiona Ryan, who I think is is, is somebody that uh, will be challenged for the Galway senior number one jersey uh, shortly as well. She's on the senior panel. She, she's a fine custodian in the back. Cueva Starwell, she didn't lick it off the road, of course, uh, you know, with, with, with her, obviously, ability. Um, you know, Kira has been knocking in around the senior panel there. So, you know, Keir Dunahoo, Lisa Cassidy, you know, there's a few names, as you said, have been in around, uh, obviously, senior setup of, of recent time. But I, I think I've been impressed with some of these under uh, these uh, 2021 minors, Darren, that have come through. I, I just thought Gilcrease, uh, Alwyn uh, Rabbit, uh, Ali Heston, Oh, she's tenacious midfielder, Darren. I wouldn't like to be getting uh, in close with uh, Ali. She she just able to boss things around there. And really, you know, me struggled on occasion there. They did, I think, eventually double marker in around the middle to, in an effort for me to try and get back in that game. And they did at the start of the second half based on 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 uh, keeping Ali Heston that little bit quieter. But she eventually was able to break free of it. But I, I just think, you know, and, and it's not because you're, where your county allegiances lie or anything like that. And I'd, I'd happily talk up Cork here if, if there was a situation. I just think the, the bit of youth that Galway have, but there there's not a case here, Darren, that uh, these are any way 
perplexed by the fact that they're going to be in Crow Park in an All Ireland final. I think these girls are well well used to it, and um, you know, I just think their ability, their ball winning ability, that even when Mead got level, they never give up. You know, they and, and I know Laura Kelly coming off the bench, like Darren. I still think that you know Laura Kelly, Cora I was Kenny, actually, you just Neve McInerney. I just want to jump in there for a second because you mentioned Caitlin Hickey already and I was going to come to Laura Kelly too. Like there are two players who are respected to Cork and Goway that you feel should start as well and could have a massive say in this tie. Absolutely. Which are like you you with Laura Kelly coming into that match, Darren, six points against Leash, five against Carlo, four against Westmead, eight against Dublin. You know, it comes on then in, in the semi-final and uh, scores one, one three. two, one, two, one, three. You know, uh, Cora Kenny had a serious uh, record as well. Well able to find the back of the Union sack, 2-2 uh, two, two against Carlo, a goal and a point against Westmead in Dublin, scored 1-3 against Kerry. Like, if they're coming off the bench, Darren, if they're not starting, I, I'd be worried in a, in a scenario from a Cork point of view because, you know, you have Katie Gilchrist, who with the first half that she had, Darren, would have been in for the player of the match. And she's replaced then by Laura Kelly, who goes on and outdoes her on the scoring board. You know, like that, that just goes to show you the, the, the talent that's on the Galway bench that could ultimately be game changers. And um, that, that, that's the embarrassment, the riches that Galway do have. The only thing, Darren, that might come to haunt is if the Galway make it too complicated. And we have seen that on occasion with the senior setup, that if they, if, if they start to worry too much about how the other team play, that might be that might be a factor. I think if Galway are allowed to play to their strengths and have you know players in the in the in the right places, well, I I can't see this Galway team being stopped. That's me. That's me personally. But uh, look again, at the end of the day, an All Ireland final, Crow Park, maybe it gets to you. You never know. And and a Cork with a few old heads there that know, know the way around the situation, it could get a little bit closer. It could indeed, and of course, uh, two questions before we wrap up with Cork as well. Like the the the, the setup in in Rebel Country is always dealt with their intermediate team well. They're always there or thereabouts. Very rare do Cork miss out in a semi final or a final. Um, you know, it was only twenty eighteen when they last won it too. So no doubt they'll have a game plan for matching this Galway team as well. And they have names that are probably more more experienced bar the two or three that we mentioned from Galway and of course they're missing Tara Rutledge as well does that allow Trevor Coleman more scope in regards to getting the tactics right or even the matchups right in this match yeah because obviously you know he's a group of players there that have uh, that you know, a little level of experience. You know, Stephanie Bussang has been obviously within a Cork senior setup. So has Ashley Maloney on occasion. Uh, you know, Joanne Casey, obviously, with her experience. Kino, Callan, Lauren Homan, and others, obviously, Darren have been there, won at underage level, under all Ireland underage titles, everything. You know, so like they're not going to be short of a crew that he would be able, as he said, know how to play a game plan and know how to maybe target certain players. Um, my only reason for going with Galway on this is that I, I, I do think they have so much talent in their forwards that I think they're going to cause those six backs for Cork all sorts of problems. I think Cork will probably have to play an extra defender uh, in an effort to maybe curtail this movement. And, you know, that could cause its own problems in a way because young players then, Darren, having to deal with seven defenders might find it difficult then when there's a spare player out the field. I'm sure Carl and Molly and the two Trevors have worked all this out anyway with, with, with respective teams. My only reason they're going with the youth in this regard is because I do think they're a little bit ahead with the whole skill element, I think, than the, than the Cork unit. I, and, and that's not being in any way disrespectful. I, I, just, I just think that they're touched the last day, even though they weren't fantastic against me, don't get me wrong. 
but I just think they're a right ball winning team. I just think Cork are a little bit more dogged and 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 you know will will probably try to be physical and 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 get in close. And I think they're going to have to if they're going to upset this Galway team. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you in the prediction of Galway simply how they responded, especially when Ethan Winogue got the early goal for Mead as well. And anytime Mead came back. Now, Killian, we've done our predictions, but before I go, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Normally, I'd ask you who needs to win this game more. But based on the fact that neither of these teams can be promoted, but every single player will not be allowed to play intermediate next year for the winning team, who can, how do I put it? Regards the overall setup of the games in the county, because there's only X amount of spots, like, you know, who benefits more uh, from winning in regards to bringing players through and big decisions that have to be made next year? Oh, there's there's a question now that you're, I hope you're putting on me. Right now. I think you know what I'm getting at, though. I, I know, I know, I know what you're getting at. Um, if 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 it's going back to the statement I made a couple of minutes ago, I'm hoping this is where you're going with it. I, I'm thinking Galway need to um in in an, in a, a scenario where I think there's going to be a little bit of a change into the guard within the Galway senior setup. Um, now you could argue, Darren, that maybe this Galway team need to stick around at intermediate level for another year or two to learn the ropes a little bit. You know that um, um, may, maybe maybe there could be that scenario that um, you know maybe. Um, but there still would be a number of Cork players there that might add to a senior setup as well uh, next year. Um, personally, I think Galway could do with with winning it in the sense then that I think we're going to see a number of these players brought into the senior uh, grouping uh, next year. And I, you know, I, I I do feel there's a reason why Cahill is involved, obviously, with the the seniors and the intermediates because you know they train together and everything like that. These players get to see each other, get to know each other, they know the setups, they know exactly what's required. Um, they're all talking off the same hymn sheet. Um, you know, I I I just think I don't know, Darren. This is just me as an outsider looking in. You probably know a little bit more, but the the Galway scenario when you see maybe what happened in the All Ireland Senior Semi Final this year. I do think there's going to have to be a move into the deck chairs a little bit. And uh, maybe some of these younger uh, players and maybe some of these intermediate players are worth their shot then at senior level next year if they win this intermediate title. Yeah, and as you mentioned, there'll be a few for Cork there as well. It's always an intriguing question because it puts in a panel of 40-something that has to be whittled down. But first, we'll see who comes through the game. That's 2 o'clock in Crow Park on Sunday, the Glen Demplex All-Ireland Intermediate Camogie Final. We're agreeing so far. Our man for Premier Junior Galway for Intermediate. Let's see what way we do predictions when we come back after the break. The final part of the show, it's the big one, the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Final. Cork against Kilkenny, coming up in a moment. I like listening sports says because... I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. So welcome back here to Sports Stars Camogie, the final part of our penultimate episode of this series. And we start our preview now for the Glen Demplex All-Ireland Senior Camogie Final. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Killian Whelan. Killian, you mentioned in the last part, of course, my county legions has been from Galway. But at the end of the day, there's three great teams. I've been at pains to tell people this in Galway and all over the country for the last while. And, you know, it's the two form teams that come through. Always the one that's nearly written off, which in this case you could argue was Kilkenny over the course of the year. But Cork and Kilkenny rarely fails to disappoint. Yeah, and, uh, you know, as I said to you, they're, they're talking or how would I put it, Darren? I was maybe earwigging a conversation that was happening in the press box there uh, down in Mallow at the weekend. You know, there's this little level of Cork 
confidence that's starting to, you know, emanate out. Maybe not the, the panel, but uh, definitely among the, the Camogie followers in Cork that maybe, you know, as you talked about, a, 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 you know, a clean sweep or a grand slam or whatever you want to call it. Um, but, the, you know, they, they definitely are happy that it's Kilkenny they're playing in, in the uh, All-Ireland final, possibly, you know, in the level of that, you know, maybe the battles that they've had previous, you know, they have been fairly close and, and tenacious and battles and all that kind of thing. But Cork's, you know, I think if I'm right looking ahead to head, probably have come out on top, um, you know, that little bit more. So, you know, they they probably feel that this Kilkenny team, though, uh, still you got to give them their merit down. They're just the grit and drive that they've shown this year. I, it's been phenomenal. Like, um, you know, I'll hold my hand up. I think I said it here last week. I hold my hand up to say that I, I probably thought that this Kilkenny team were slipping the rankings to, a little bit, that maybe there was starting to be a little bit of a gap opening between two and three. Um, but sure, look, we've seen what's happened there this year. You know, like uh, I, I really thought that Tipperary would have been able to close that gap to three. We've seen that not happen. And we've seen, you know, maybe the, the team now that's in number three, that could be potentially our number one or our number two by, by the, you know, Monday afternoon, you know, like it's 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 a scenario where I, I I just can't get over what this uh what this Kilkenny team have done in lots of ways, and that's probably more of a story than than what Cork have achieved. But Darren, you you just can't take away from uh, Matty Toomey and Davy Fitzgerald and, and and their management team what they've achieved with this Cork team as well. You know, to to go in there after ten years of Paddy Murray and to be able to try and stamp their authority. And you know, try and get the results and so forth. You know, has has been impressive. There's no there's no question about that. And you know, while they've had one or two hairy moments, maybe in in, in couple of encounters, and you know, they lost to Tipperary in a in a, in a bit of a battle in Parky win. Although it mattered probably little at that stage. Although I'm sure Matty would have liked to have gone through uh, the whole group on. Well, they still played pretty much a full team. They still Molly yeah. Lynch in for um, Amy Lee. The only really change. Yeah. Um. And, you know, we saw them in Crow Park then not be, you know, they, they were having, I would say, the, the, the scenario where Waterford were dictating an awful lot. But, you know, the appearance of obviously Ashing Thompson changed that whole thing around, you know, from where, you know, what was it, Waterford five points and no score at that stage. And for the rest of the game, you know, it, it, it turned out to be 15-5 and Ashing Thompson all of a sudden dictated the pattern of that, you know. So, look, it's... it's um. It's going to be an intriguing one. There's no question about it. And, you know, I, this is this is a killer as well, Darren. I've got to know Matthew Toomey this year. One of the nicest guys in, in, in Camogie and the GA circles that I, I, I've come across. And I know Brian Dowling for the last number of years. And again, a, a really nice guy. Two lads you'd love to go and sit down and have a point with. And they probably would have no problem talking yeah. to either. Um, and it's going to be hard to probably see one of them ultimately lose, you know. And I'd have to agree with you completely in that. And of course, like it's obviously, and I always believe in being honest with our listeners, like, you know, I mean, everybody knows where I'm from. And, you know, when I'm not working, I'll cheer on my county like anybody else. But I've developed an admiration for these two men and these two counties in particular since we started doing sports stars. And you can look at compelling arguments for both teams, even before before we start running through potential matchups and all that. Like as you just touched on there with Cork, Pawdy going, it's like a poison chalice in one way. You have the Rasmus has of Davy Fitzgerald uh, coming in and I don't mean to be knocking
Davy because he brings such passion to his game, but sometimes can overshadow anything else. And you have the Ashton Thompson a story going on the last year. You had still had a couple of injuries and Pamela Mackey not involved this year. You go on the Kilkenny side of things, four defenders. We've talked about that before. Tragedy for two members of the management team. Not anything I want to be focusing in on as well. But even... And we said it after the show when the play, these two teams played in the league and it was a draw, is that if you wanted one of those big three teams that will roll the skis up and fight for you until the, in your corner to the final whistle, you would pick Kilkenny. When many people were writing off Kilkenny over the course of the year, we kept reminding people here that Kilkenny are not gone away. And lo and behold, they proved it at the last day against Galway that they are not gone away. And this is going to be an exciting final. But Darren, like, my... My whole scenario is, regarding when I was talking to you uh, last week and, and, and maybe, you know, not, not trying to get out of what I said, but like the, 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 the one scenario that I had with regards to Kilkenny as to why I felt that maybe things were just starting to go against them was the loss of players. You know, like you, you've, you've got to understand that within their, within their defensive structure, you know, they're down four potential starters. You know, like and 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 that's that, that to me was was a huge thing. I no doubt they have talented players or whatever uh, coming through, but that that to me was a was a big standout point that this was going to it was going to be very very difficult for them to be able to to be able to drive on. Um, and then you know you add uh, Eva Doyle into the situation, then you know where she picks up a a, a cruciate injury had become a key part of their midfield was starting maybe, you know, in a, in a bit, a slightly newer position to what she'd been probably used to. And all of a sudden, you know, you have to bounce from that. And like, you know, the Kilkenny panel probably as a whole, Darren, isn't a huge panel of all the counties, probably of the top four, they probably would actually have in lots of ways, the smallest panel, bizarrely enough, but like they do have a group that are built, I think in, in their manager's likeness. Um, and you, but you've also got to think, <laughs> Darren, of the crew behind them: Tommy Shefflin, Pat O'Neill, Philly Larkin. Um, I think if you encountered any of those boys on the on the hurling field, to take your life, you know. So um, they really bring a. a Daddy was no slouch either. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you, 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 you'd, you'd um, how would you put it? Like, I think if you don't respond to those individuals, there must be something wrong. And I, I, I do think. That you know, they they obviously treat the girls with respect and whatever, but they they ask questions of them too, and they they have. And I remember being down in Callan when when they had lost to Galway, and there was a serious meeting went on in in the ball wall there in Callan uh, under under Brian Dolan's stewardship. You know that they, they they were asking questions of each other, and there was a challenge put up and everything to to, to you know Galway coming down to Kilkenny and, and and defeating them. But look, that was last year. This is this year. They've they, as I said to bounce from the losses that they have, and then you obviously mentioned the personal uh, losses that have been happening within the management team. But you've also got to think, Darren, that one or two players are probably playing Komogi at a level that they haven't played before or are back to a level that they were. I, I'm thinking of Katie Power. I think Katie is at a level that she ha- hasn't been on since before, obviously, her injury. It's taken her that l- long to get back. We we obviously remember crying in the stand the, the time of the COVID final and everything like that and what an achievement it was that time. Um, so I think it's taken her that time to be able to... to maybe get back into the form that she was. I think Miriam Walsh is having a, a, an unbelievable year, um, has, you know, I think gone up a, a, a certain notch this year. Um, Grace has obviously had to cover a number of different positions in recent time and now finds herself at full back. But like you've Grace Walsh and Claire Phelan, 
God almighty. And then you've Ethan Norris to get by as well. You know, that is some central spine there just in that defensive unit mm. as a whole. You've Katie Nolan, who has gone from being a, a scorer in chief nearly in some ways in that forward line, achieved an all-star for her or her, her great performances last year, was definitely for me one of the the, the, the players of the year. Uh, wouldn't have been far, I think, off of some of uh, Neve Kilkenny and Eva Dunahoo and whatever in, in the performances last year. This year, she's just brought on this tigerish element. Um, you know, cut from the, the harsh roots, I know it well, Darren, of, uh, the, the bogs of Cool Cullen uh, up on the Carlo Kilkenny border, you know, and, and like she, she is one tenacious little player. There's no question about that. And she is showing a certain amount of guile and, and cut in it. So, you know, like she, she's just one, I think, that's epitomizing everything that this Kilkenny team are bringing. And uh, by God, Darren, I think they'll go down without her. There'll be no fight. There'll be no quarter given or asked for or anything like that this this could be a right cracker I, I, I have no doubt and I think it's still a very close one to call Oh most certainly as well and it's kind of funny too because you mentioned last week I think Katie Nolan interviewed afterwards and a dig at media and I don't think it was towards us but <laughs> the national media because they watched her half, half a dozen games a year which got us all, you know, they always rule out the third team and I've no doubt they'll do the same with Galway next year but remember in 2020 Kilkenny weren't at the races last year Cork weren't at the races this year, Kilkenny weren't at the races until the beat Galway. Now Cork don't have a chance against Kilkenny in the final. That's the narrative that's going out there as well. But the reality is, is that these two teams know each other so well. Um, they like last year the All Ireland semi final was only a point between them. The previous year in the semi final, Cork uh, got a six point head start, and Kilkenny came back and overturned them. And of course, they had those two classic finals. When I say classic, classic because they were tense. Uh, even though there were stop start nature, but like Julia White and Orla Cotter going down in Cork folklore for getting Cork over the line, and Kilkenny have to go back to 2016 for their last big final victory over Cork Grove Park. Yeah, and that's something I'm sure that will be reminded of them going going in this weekend, you know. And I'm sure that's something that you know one or two Kilkenny players who are probably, as you said, Darren, heading heading in the direction that you know they're coming to the end of their careers would like to rectify before they go out that they are, are able to obviously, you know, defeat uh, this current car crew uh, in, in an All-Ireland final. Um, I I just think that, um, as I said, the reason why I think this could be a right ding-dong of a game is I, I don't think Cork will be as bad again uh, again as they were against Waterford. I know Matthew Toomey has alluded to in a couple of interviews that he's done that, uh, you know, they can't afford to give Kilkenny a start like they'd probably give Waterford because, you know, I think if they do something like that, they won't, I can't see them reeling in a Kilkenny team. You know, I just think Kilkenny would be just, as I said, a bit between the teeth and, and, and would really, um, you know, hold out in that regard. Um, but yet, Darren, we probably in the recent games haven't probably seen the best of the Cork forwards. And we know that if the Cork forwards gel and click you know, there could be ding-dong battles in, in, in all elements of the field. You know, um, you've Amy O'Connor, you've Katrina Mackey, you've um, Sorsha McCartan, and they, you know, Sorsha maybe aside, the others probably, you know, didn't see too much, you know, of an opportunity in Crow Park the last day, you know, and I, I think, you know, All-Ireland final... Might, it might start to open up a little bit. Now, my only hope, Darren, is that we don't see maybe then an overly defensive final uh, that we're kind of going back to a few years ago there before there was the rule changes and everything like that, that we're looking at a tactical battle and it's not the greatest spectacle and whatever. And like I can see why two managers might decide to go down that route because, you know, it, it means so much to be able to get the victory. 
I'd be surprised if it does head down that way, you know, because I, I do think they have game changers and match winners in their, in their own right. Um, I think a lot will depend on, you know, the performance of that Cork half-back line, which is, as we said, could be the, the all-star half-back line, you know, in, lo- in lots of ways. Um, obviously, Ashing Thompson not having to worry, you know, having to play, whether she will be playing, whether she won't be playing. I think that, that'll allow her a certain amount of freedom, obviously, as well. Um, you know, so like Amy Lee's puckouts, all that could again tell that this maybe this Cork team as well might be holding off some of their performance and a bit like what we alluded to in, in, in some of the previous uh, uh, previews of the other finals that you know maybe they'll be bringing their best performance to Crow Park on Sunday. Those two stop start finals now there were before rule changes, but of course, it's no be critical of referees, but probably wasn't common sense officiating as well. The person who has to gig this year, Ray Kelly. Now, I remember in 2019, it was common sense. Now, I hope that's not, not being my analysis being blinded because I think Galway won the game, but he did definitely, which goes, allowed them to hurl a bit. And I think he did the same in Cork beat Galway in 2015, his previous final before that as well. How important an appointment is Ray Kelly? He brings the experience and he's dealing with two of the most experienced teams in the country. Yeah, well, like, to me... I did, again, I I, I got to be careful here. I, I like I I have to give great credit to a, a, a large number of the referees. I I do think they've adapted well to um, the rule changes and whatever. I I do think there's probably one or two others that probably common sense could be looked at a little bit more in, on occasion. Um, I got to be very careful here. You know, Ray, I know quite well um, for a, a long number of years and I, I don't want to see this to come across as bias a, a, at all. But I, I do think for maybe this final, he's probably the, the best man uh, or woman for the job, you know, because um, I, 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 I do think that there could be a level of physicality and, and technicality within this game that it might need that, that, that little bit. And, you know, I, I do think there's one or two other referees that could have maybe taken on this game as well. But obviously, you know, Liz can't take it because her, her, her own county is ultimately involved and it probably rules out one or two others because Cork are involved. But, you know, I, I just think that Reyes obviously, as he said, used it before, probably before the rule changes came in, Darren uh, did referee a final, as you, as you mentioned there, with a, a level of common sense. And, you know, I think both Kilkenny and Cork will know that Ray Kelly will allow the game to flow as much as possible within the rules of the game. And, you know, he'll underst- he, he, he will tend to, you know, clear things up and tell them what the scenario is and whatever. I do know he got a bit of flack, I think, in Waterford. They felt that one or two decisions at vital stages went against them. But I don't know whether I can rule all that on Ray Kelly. You know, um, I, I, I think he did I think he did a good enough game in, the, in that encounter. Um, I think Waterford just ultimately ran out of a leg. That, I, I couldn't say that it was all Ray Kelly's fault. Um, I just think he's probably the right referee on, on this occasion because I think, you, as I said, we could have a very strong technical battle here between these two teams. And uh, it would be important, I think, that the game is allowed to flow as much as it can. We wish Ray the best luck in that game. And also the Gavin Donnegan from Dublin, he's doing the intermediate final and Mike Ryan from Tipperary, who's doing the Premier Junior final. Can I, can I just say, like, when we're talking about referees, very, very quickly, Darren, you know, like I, I was very impressed with Gavin Donnegan's performance in the in the uh, intermediate semi-final. So, you know, again, um, a, a man, I didn't mention too much on commentary. And as you say, if you don't hear too much or see too much of the referee, it's always that's, a good a, sign. that's obviously a good sign, you know, and Mike is a good appointment as, obviously as well. So you just would be appealing to the three of them, you know, uh, you know, within the within the game, 
obviously, if, if teams are getting out of hand and things are getting out of hand or whatever, you obviously have to make a, a scenario. But Justin, it's not a stop-start, blow, blow the whistle every second because I'm not in the game. I want to be seen on the big stage. Um, just let the game go and let it flow and let's enjoy the spectacle on this coming Sunday. That's exactly what we want as well. Six teams going out there to play Camogie. Let them off and do it within uh, reason, as Killian said. Let's look at the potential matchups and big moments of this game before we wrap up and do predictions. Goalkeepers first. Of course, they're two of the best goalkeepers mm. in the country. We're going through a golden period of goalkeepers in, in, in the country regards Camogie. There's no doubt about that. And we can name off four or five others not here. Ethan Norris has been pulling off the saves. We both admitted, uh, or not admitted, we both acknowledge she's probably favoured for player of the year. Our goalkeeper all-star goalkeeper at the moment sorry Amy Lido brings that leadership as always a composed figure for Cork to step into big shoes as well she is the captain big big day for her yeah big day for her obviously and, and carrying that mantle but no better player than Amy you know um, she, she's been someone a catalyst there in the last number of years now who's made that number one shorter own there from a Cork point of view and you know a good strong um, individual I think you know um, well able to React to situations, Darren, and we've we've seen that with her on various different occasions in the, in the Cork setup. Um, I I just find that you know I I'm glad for Amy in in a way that maybe this Cork defensive unit has probably finally settled, Darren. You know, I think the last couple of years, you know, she's been a little bit unsure about who's out in front of her. So um, I I think that has helped Amy to focus on the most important thing is keeping the ball out of the back of the net in that regard. Um, Ethan Norris then as well, I think has obviously flourished with a, you know, a strong defensive unit out in front of her as well with Grace and, and, and Claire and, and others within that defensive unit from Kilkenny. But Eva's had a phenomenal year as well though, Darren in the basis of some of the saves that she's pulled off. And you're, you're right in what you say. Um, if any young girl is watching, you know, and, and, and would worry maybe about being a goalkeeper within the Camogie game, you, like you could take your hat off now to uh, any of them uh, within within the counties, I think you know there's some phenomenal goalkeepers across all twelve of the counties. Um, some of the ability that they have a shot stopping or or long range point scoring or or puck outs or whatever. Um, I I just think you could you look at any of the twelve counties. Uh, I, I I think they've been lucky maybe with the quality of goalkeepers that they that they've had. And some counties have been um, blessed, with, you know, to have their subkeeper as good as their uh, as their first choice as well. You know, I'm just thinking the Tipperary kind of in that regard. You know, but um, it could be, yeah, it could be an intriguing one there, Darren. Uh, a little bit. I, I just maybe Amy might have the little nod here over over Eva on the basis of just the experience level, and, and and maybe she can be a match winner. You know, if a, if there's a last minute free or something like that, long range, Amy Lee standing over it, Darren. You, you you know you will be thinking she could potentially swing the match for you interesting scene of course you might get a chance to go up the steps of the Hogan stand and lift the O'Duffy Cup you mentioned the Cork defence bit settled this year uh, look the half back line and look they didn't have a great start the last day against Waterford but then that might have been tactical reasons as well working off the assumption that Ashley Thompson will come back to the team probably for Katie O'Malley means Maeve Murphy will drop back but you've Libby Coppinger at full back you've Laura Hayes Laura Tracy Searsha McCarthy that's what we're looking at the Cork defence the one thing with Kenny there's so many options we don't know where they're going to play Denise call. They like their male counterparts. They can move them around at will. Julianne Malone has played nearly every position in the attack this year. Um, Miriam Walsh will probably be full forward, though Mary O'Connell could go in there. Katie Nolan could come out to the 40 as well. You know, uh, how do how do Cork try and deal with the Kenny attack, or do they just trust their structure and just make sure that the way they use the ball bringing our defense is smart? Yeah, I think you know the, the, the trust of the structure is important, but like you do have a half back line now, Darren, that 
Mind the started, he said, well, the last day, and obviously, you know, the injury to Laura Tracy. Sirius McCarthy still got player of the match. Sirius McCarthy still got player of the match, yeah, but I think Laura Tracy injury might have been a, a bit of a factor there uh, somewhat. But, you know, you do have a, 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 a trio of players now that are well used to one another. And I think that obviously is a factor. I think having a full back that uh, really has put on some performance. I thought Libby Coppinger the last day as well had 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 a big kind of decision in that game ultimately as well. So, you know, like th- that that's important. Having a solid full back and a half back line that you can build your game around is important. And I do think, you know, having full all those players in 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 full health and 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 um you know, raring to go down will be important, I think, for that Cork setup. Um, you know, I think matchups will obviously be important. And you know, th- this again is a scenario here though that I I do think the Kilkenny forwards might be slightly ahead, just based on form in re, in 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 recent scenarios. You know, I I I'm not sure Cork have got the best out of uh, Amy O'Connor in in the last few games. You know, just thinking of one. Um, so it's going to be an interesting kind of scenario to see what will they pull Amy out from the corner? Will she come out and win ball around the middle? Be interesting to see would that happen with the same with you know Katrina Mackey. We saw her come short once or twice. And, you know, that kind of kick-started Cork into that game against Waterford. You know, she won a, a lovely pass and, and, and point then off of a, a lovely ball by Ashing Thompson just seconds after she'd come into the game. Um, I, ju- I just think the Cork defence, they're going to have to, I think, get those matchups right, yeah. Um, because, you know, there's going to be so much movement, as, as we saw. And I don't think Miriam is going to stay in around, you know, the edge of the square as much as she probably did it with Sarah Durvin uh, that day, because I think she did, you know, she marked Sarah maybe more than Sarah marked her in lots of ways. And I think maybe Miriam, in fairness to her, you know, forwent her, her own game in order to kind of keep Sarah, you know, busy in some ways, you know, uh, and it allowed some one or two of the other players to obviously have an impact on it. I think Julianne Malone, she could be, you know, a bit of a dark horse here, Darren. We know of, all, 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 obviously, of Julianne's talent back in the, in the setup and whatever, but she's really, you know, I just thought the performances in the last couple of games have, have started to show maybe as to why Julianne Malone was well considered within Kilkenny Camogie a few years ago. So she could be a match winner. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you factor in one or two others, but, you know, I, I do think the, the impact of Katie Nolan, what she ultimately does, Denise Gall, I don't think will have as poor a day on the scoring front as she did in the semi-final, even though she still had a huge involvement in the game and, and from, you know, being back helping out her own defence and everything like that. So I think Cork have one or two more worries, let's say, as getting their matchups right than maybe Kilkenny will. I'm looking forward if it pans out this way, the half-back line of Malone, Denise Gall and Katie Nolan came out to the 40. That would be <laughs> three intriguing matchups. <laughs> Let's just knock, knock this question out of the way. Paulie Murray was talking on the RT coverage of the semi-final about the first phone call Matthew Toomey should be doing is ringing Orla Cronin. One, do you think that phone call has taken place? And two, would it work bringing Orla Cronin back into this team or could it upset the whole Apple card lead into an Ireland final? I think that's done and dusted. Uh, personally, um, you know, just from the own vibes and everything like that, I think, I think you know, I'm not sure Orla would want to do that either, Darren, um, personally. Um, I don't know where maybe Paddy might have been going with that, um, whether he feels, does he feel that Orla was harshly dealt with or something or whatever? Um, I've I've already had my comment on this and mm. I don't want to get into many more trouble for it, but, <laughs> um, you know, I... I, I I, I stand by what I said and it has been subsequently backed up by by people in the know. So I, I'm I'm happy enough with that. But um I, I'd be surprised, Darren, because I do think it look it'd be a curveball. Um but it's a gamble too. A, a massive gamble. Like where where would you throw her in that you know you're gonna get 
how would you put it, 40 solid minutes out of Orla Crow. I'm sure she'd bring it uh, because she probably feels from last year and everything like that. I don't think she ultimately had the greatest of games in the All Ireland final, you know. But that that I don't think that's Orla's fault. I think the whole snap set up scenario, everything that was going on in 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 the forty eight hours, whatever beforehand, you know. So, um, no, I I I I don't think so. I'd be surprised. Yeah, I just wanted to get that one scene was put out there. We we'd ask it midfield working off the assuming it'll be Ashley Thompson and Hannah Looney the midfield partnership that worked so well last year and probably just hasn't been given a fair chance. And I know fair is probably the wrong word because, you know, we, we don't want to go the ins and outs of why Ashley Thompson was waiting to find out last day. Laura Murphy pushed up to midfield for Kenny the last day, partnering Katie Power. Uh, I'll talk about the Kenny defence again in a moment, but she did score 1-1, including a great goal, goal that was the difference between the teams. We talked about Katie Power's form. Where where do Kenny stand in the midfield battle? Because, like, the, the, the partnership you trust more is Cork. The partnership you would trust more is Cork, as you, as you mentioned there, but they, they probably, as you said, they probably haven't got a fair crack. And, uh, you know, Ashing probably didn't line out too much in midfield the last day. Then when she when she did come in, you know, she kind of became that spare player, the quarterback as such, and she started directing traffic. So interesting to see, will she take up that role in the semi-final? Because I, I, I think, again, a bit like what I alluded to in the intermediate game, I, I'm thinking Cork might have to pack that defence a little bit in the early stages anyway to see, to see get a footing. Um, going to be interesting to see how it ultimately plays out. Laura Murphy, you know, we've seen her wing back, wing forward, midfield, Darren, over the years. Um, it was an interesting, you know, move by by Brian Dowling. It probably got Galway kind of questioning. There's no doubt about that. She she pushed, she asked questions of Aoife Dunham and Eve Kilkenny. She, you know, she made them mark her rather than she worrying about marking them. You know, the, 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 the kind of impetus that she brought driving forward there and, you know, she was left in an awful lot of space when you think of that goal that she got. It was criminal amount of space that Galway left Laura Murphy in that she was able to have a, have that shot off, you know. So um, I'm sure Cork have seen that. I still think it could be an intriguing battle, uh, Darren, because, you know, all credit to Hannah Looney. Hannah's been away. She's been abroad. She's obviously kept, and there's no question about it, knowing Hannah did the way she is, she would be meticulous in her preparations and everything, but obviously would work and everything. She's been in New York. She's back in the setup and so forth and obviously getting to the pitch of it and now and again. And maybe the All-Ireland final will be the one that we'll see we'll see her shine. I'm, I'm not sure we've seen the best of Hannah this year. Uh, she's still a phenomenal player and, and, and will still go down in the annals of Camogie uh, as being one of the greatest that we've ever seen. Um, but because of the disruption and everything like that, and then maybe, as you said, We've we've only seen Hannah back in the setup in 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 recent months. Let's say um, it probably hasn't bedded in. Maybe the other final will be the one, but with the form that Katie Power is in, uh, she could be the one that would just upset that Cork midfielder as, as much. Darren, you know that that could be one intriguing battle. And if she's given the job, power of taking on Thompson or something like that. Oh my God, Darren, that'll be you just sit back, eat the popcorn, and have a crack with that one because whatever about the battle at the half back line. If those two end up, I think, going toe-to-toe, I don't know if you see that as a head-to-head. That uh, could be intriguing. Potentially, Thompson is like your Roy Keane box-to-box midfielder, while Katie Power likes to attack, and I have a funny feeling they will clash at some stage. Well, the form that Katie is in, uh, Darren, I think she's in phenomenal physical shape too. Um, you know, and and, and is really, and really... hungry. Yeah, I, I just think she feels, obviously... Look, her teammates, in fairness to her, made her feel part of that win in 2020. But I would imagine Katie feels, you know, she wasn't, you know, for herself, probably feels, well, I wasn't on the field of play and I wasn't able to dictate matters how it was. Um, 
yeah, I, I just think Katie could have a massive performance in this All-Ireland final. And as I said, if I'm Brian, am I thinking of maybe keeping Ashing Thompson as far away from, you know, causing damage further up the field? Yeah, maybe Katie Power might be the one that would be directing that thing a little bit, you know? That's one matchup I certainly hope happens as well, be a cracking contest. Uh, finally, Cork's attack against Kenny's defence. And we mentioned earlier on, and you were mentioning about like Grace Walsh and Claire Phelan seem to be the three and six for Kenny, but they moved around a little bit the last day playing horses for courses, maybe against Galway. Now, there's a few little switching around of the uh, positions for Cork, but you'd imagine the personnel will be the same. Um, what way do Kenny do this? Do they go horses for courses again and potentially move their players around? Or like, do they try and bring back a, a stable defence the way they've been building it this year to deal with this Cork attack? No, I think they'll be, I think they'll be moving it around, Darren. I, I, you know, I think they might see an opportunity for a little level. Well, of, we're saying we could see six Cork attackers and six Kenny defenders anywhere in the half of the field. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, my my thing from a Cork point of view, I, I don't think Cork will win this All-Ireland without Amy O'Connor getting on the scoreboard. You know, I, I, I do think the, this this game, they, they need to get her in the game, I think, Darren. I'm, now, my only thing is, I'm not sure their tactic is allowing for that scenario. Um, In, this, in the semi-final, it definitely didn't anyway, but it did allow Sorkin McCartan to, to, to have an influence on it. That might be an area where Kilkenny might target Darren. You know, like Sorka is a is a fine camogie player. We've seen her with Down. She's transferred down to Cork. Cork obviously recognised that she she has a talent that she's good enough to go into that Cork team. Um, but maybe Kilkenny might see that as a you know a channel to to exploit in some way. You know, because Sorka hasn't been in this scenario before. You know, now maybe that'll be a good thing. You know, a good or a bad thing. Um, you've you've a player there, obviously won an All-Ireland with Down, but, you know, it wasn't in Crow Park, uh, wasn't at senior level. She she has huge talent and ability. She comes from a family, obviously, that has won All-Irelands, uh, uh, you know, across different grades and codes. But up against Claire Phelan, Grace Walsh might be asking an awful lot of questions of her. Um, Katrina Mackey, I, I do think will be a busy bee, Darren. So whoever is with her is going to have to go, I think, wherever Katrina mm. goes, you know, follow. And I think then that maybe is going to leave Amy with the freedom across that ha- that full forward line. So going to be interesting to see then. Uh, I think you're going to see a man marker on Amy O'Connor personally. Um, I do think wherever Mackie goes, you're probably going to, going to see someone pick her up on, on, maybe not a man marker, but you're probably going to see a switch and now whoever's going to be on her. Uh, that could be a battle. Like, you know, if I'm thinking, if Davina Tobin is in there, I'm thinking Davina Tobin is yeah. on Amy O'Connor and, and, and that's going to be, again, uh, the popcorn kind of job, you know, Michelle you're going Teen to see that. The name but Michelle Teen might be yeah, the one that would take on that role. Um Going to be interesting to see because obviously you have a Kilkenny defence there, Darren, that have one or two inexperienced heads there. So again, that's probably where, you know, Brian is going to have to get those matchups right, you know. Um, so that's that's going to be intriguing to see where who takes on who there. Um, I, I just think for Cork to win this, I do think Amy has got to be in this game a little bit more. It'd be interesting because you'd expect Amy to be the inside line as well, which might play into Kilkenny hands too. But we'll mm. we'll work it out as we go along. Katrina Mackey could go out to the forty. Chloe Sigerson, you'd imagine they'll stay out the forty. Um, just on that, Darren. Things. Just on it, like Chloe could have a big say in this game too. You know, depending on free counter, whatever. But again, you know, 
could Chloe be overly happy with her performances this year? Um, you know, so maybe, you know, I, I just think there's one or two Cork players who have huge levels of experience who might be coming into this All-Ireland final with one or two things to prove, Darren. And, and you know, you get to Crow Park a bit between the teeth, you put it in for 60 minutes, you're going up and you're lifting the O'Duffy Cup. No one talks about your performances early in the year or what form you were showing or anything like that. So, you know, Chloe Sigerson could be a huge, huge match winner as well here for Cork. Yeah, two huge match winners for both teams as well, but you're right. We remember Julia White and Orla Cotter and those soft start games a few years back. We, you know, we don't remember the rest of it, the dramatic finish, and I would not be one bit surprised if this game is decided by a late hero in the final minute of the game. Before we go to predictions, just a couple of things I want to let you know about. Cove Kamogi Knitting Group are making headbands uh, 250 each uh, for the Friends of Cove Hospital. So if you're on Cork Neck of the Woods, please support that as well. Great cause. And for Kilkenny fundraiser, they're having tourists tonight. Um, Hurls and Curls All-Ireland Quiz at a venue near you. Check out the Kilkenny Camogie website as well. Uh, I think if teams afford just 20 euro, it could be a bit of crack uh, leading to All-Ireland final weekend. But anyway, that's our preview of the All-Ireland Senior Camogie final done. Killian, the question I put to you is when the dust settles about 5.45, 6 o'clock on Sunday, who are going to be the All-Ireland Senior Camogie champions? Darren, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw. I'm just putting that out there now. I wouldn't, I would not <laughs> Don't be say surprised. That. I want a couple of, I, I, I'm due a couple of weeks off. <laughs> so am I. Uh, we, we could do with a break from each other, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, just, just on the basis that I think Cork can bring up their performance and I think Kilkenny have, uh, you know, a, a level of point to prove, I suppose, in some ways, Darren. I still think they're coming in under the radar, no matter what, you know, maybe people have sized up the semi-finals and are making a judgment call now on the basis of uh, what we've seen at Kilkenny and Cork in the semi-finals. But I still think Kilkenny are a little bit still under that radar and some, subsequently a bit like 2020, you know, might, might, be, might be able to go on and win the uh, O'Duffy Cup. But um, I'm just putting it out there. Wouldn't be surprised if it is. Um, however, if you want me to get down off the fence and call it, I'm just going to go with the Cats. I, I just think that, um, you know, the Cats won the semi-final uh, with a huge effort, a uh, huge second-half performance, and they were able to do that without their scorer-in-chief being on the scoreboard in any great detail. You know, I think you'll still, you, you'll expect an All-Ireland final, Denise Gall, to at least chip in with six points, uh, you know, and if one or two of the others are able to maintain their standard at the semi-final, I just think they'll have a little bit too much. I just think the Kilkenny forwards might produce a little bit more than the Cork forwards, um, judging on what we've seen so far. And that's why I would just give the Cats the nod. But it's going to be close, Darren. I, I think that I, I agree with you. I think we could be looking at this in the melting pot in the closing stages. However, if Cork show up with the performance that they did in the semi-final and let Kilkenny out the gap again, you know, they won't be reeling them back in, I don't think. No, and the thing about Cork is that um, there's a big performance in them and it could happen, but I have to agree with you. I just, I had a feeling about Kilkenny. I know I predicted Galway to win the semi-final, but I have a feeling about Kilkenny there that's just unlucky to go out of the league, unlucky not to win their group, you take scoring difference into account, but they'll give everything to the final whistle too. And um, at the risk of people thinking I'm copying you, I'm going to go with Kilkenny as well, but 
I would not be one bit surprised we'd have drawn the football last week. I would not be one bit surprised that we would draw in the Camogie. Just wanted to be that one because with you a couple of weeks off, we can't take it as a senior goes to a replay. But so Armagh, Galway, and Kilkenny are our three predictions. No Rebel Slam predictions here. So when the Rebel Slam party happens next weekend, myself and Killian will be here to talk all about it. But that is it. As we mentioned, next Saturday, Camogie Association YouTube channel in association with Entry. Check out the Nancy Murray Cup final, one o'clock in Inneskeen, Tyrone against Wicklow, or the under 16 finals. D. Cavan against Mayo, one o'clock from Kenny Gadd, Armagh against Ross Common from three o'clock. And whether you're watching on television, I would certainly recommend you go to Crow Park if you can. You know, ticket, tickets are flying out there. There's a few spares if you want to enter some competitions. Um, get out there and get your chance because you won't be disappointed. It's the biggest day at the Camogie year. I having Killian can't wait. Killian's going to be doing a bit of work up there as well. I'll be shooting around the, the press box anyway, doing a few bits and bobs as well. But we look forward to telling you all about it on next week's show. So with that being said, I'm Darren Kelly. This was Sports Stars Camogie. I'd like to thank my partner in crime one last time, Killian Whelan. Thanks indeed, Darren, and well said and everything there. And I really hope that people come out and about and uh, enjoy the game. Um, it'd be great to see, you know, a record attendance of some sort again for the Camogie. I think there's potential for three great games and encounters. And look, I know there's busloads coming from all elements of, of certain counties, but you really hope, you know, it'd be great to see a few neutrals knock up and uh, enjoy a day out. And, uh, you know, we're in holiday time, I suppose, still as well within August. Great opportunity to see three good games in Crow Park this coming Sunday. Uh, as I said, both of us will be there. We'll get to enjoy it and we'll bring you all the action from next week. But the best luck to all the counties and uh, match officials.